are now listening to the Dynasty Rewind. What is good, everybody? Welcome back to the Dynasty Rewind. I'm your host, Michael Bauer. The best in the business is once again back in business. Got a guest in tonight. Before we get to him, let's talk to my faithful co-host, Nate Christian. Nate, happy Black Friday, my friend. Happy Black Friday. Did you do any shopping today, Mike? Did not. I did not either. I did. You but did. it was, I had to just stop for some essentials. Uh, Thanksgiving was not great at the Bauer household. My wife and daughter had a stomach bug, so um, that's what it is. But what are you going to do? Yeah, they have a sale on uh, Pepto-Bismol? They did not. <laughs> um but you know what we do have on special our guest <clears throat> excuse me great segue bad time not to clear my throat we got nick muzillo in here and you can find him on twitter at big muzz 26 nick welcome to the dynasty rewind how are you i hope your thanksgiving was great it was thank you mike and it is a pleasure to be on the show with you guys you and nate i do appreciate you having me on here and i'm excited to talk uh quarterback and tight ends for 2023 so yeah it's, it's exciting but my uh thanksgiving was good i actually had to readjust my plans at around nine o'clock in the morning i had a call from my mom my sister unfortunately came down with covid mm. which is really a shame so you know obviously really upset right i mean we're looking forward to it just had a brand had a brand new daughter you know three months old on next Monday. So it was our first Thanksgiving, you know, my son is three. So, you know, kind of all going together down there at grandma's house for all, all four of us together. And uh, yeah. And unfortunately I got the call, but you know, she, she came down with something the day before. So she tested positive on Thursday. So really it's considered day zero and it's just very high risk. You know, it would be very high risk to go down there. So yeah, had to readjust our plan, you know, kind of make the second half adjustments, you know, you too. And uh, yeah, so luckily we were blessed to be able to come to my in-laws here. So we spent so, it here. So question for you, you're talking about second half adjustments before the show. You said you played college football, correct? Yes, I did. So yeah. can you tell us what position did you play and who did you play for? I was an offensive lineman. Okay. You know, the, you have a look like an offensive. Yeah. Lineman. You just yeah, you I, have that look. I did. When I played, I did. Then I didn't, and now I'm back looking like an offensive <laughs> lineman again because I'm a father of two. So, you know, I got, I'm certainly rocking a dad bod these days. But, um, yeah, I played for the Kane University Cougars. Okay. They are, yeah, a uh, state, state school in New Jersey, right up there in Union County, right, right up in Union, New Jersey. So, played under Coach Dan Garrett. I've uh, been there for, geez, almost, I think, uh, Almost maybe his tenth year now. Just just finished his tenth season or twentieth year. That was his twentieth season. Yeah. So uh, shout out to Coach G. And um, but uh, but yeah. So D three school and Jack. Would you have been able to beat Rutgers? Sources say yes. Probably yes. <laughs> <laughs> At this rate, yes, I believe we would have. All right. Um, yeah. yeah. I just I, I'm a big proponent of get Rutgers out of the Big Ten. And you know what? Yeah. Iowa and Nebraska. You're out of there too. Hey, Nebraska, they got Matt Rule now. Oh, did they hire Matt Rule? It, that is uh, all but confirmed. So that that's <laughs> congratulations. To, you know, actually, I can't say that Matt Rule is a great college coach. 
Um, he yes, did, he, he is. Why do you say that, Nate? Because that was my first gut feeling. Once, yeah. once rules fired, I said, "Boys, don't look good in Nebraska." And sure enough, here we are. Yeah, and I think it's going to be great for him. Just like Chip Kelly belongs in college. Yes. Um, you know, Matt Rule belongs in college. And look, there's a thing. It's okay to be good in college and not good in the NFL. And as a matter of fact, some of these uh, these guys are going to be exactly that. So today, let's get into it. We are previewing the 2023 quarterback and tight end class. We came up with a consensus top five for both. Now, this is not my consensus. I let Nate and Nick have at it on this one. I'm just going to kind of go ahead and move the show along, ask any pertinent questions that I think you guys as viewers or listeners might have. So let's get into it. Let's start with the quarterbacks. And who is our consensus quarterback number one? I'll tell you what, I'll read them because I got to do something as those. Consensus quarterback number one, Bryce Young from Alabama. We'll say, if you follow me on Twitter, you know I'm a big Will Levis guy, but we'll get to him in a little bit. Nick, you are the guest and Nate Heat's going first. So let's start off. What makes Bryce Young your number one quarterback? Yeah, Mike. So as far as Bryce Young goes, I mean, you know, What's going to be about him coming up during draft season is the fact, you know, the size is obviously going to be a red flag and a concern for all teams. But once you look past the size, I mean, you really just see his ability. The best the best part, the best trait about him, I think, is his ability to operate outside of the scope mm-hmm. of, the, of the play. So throwing on the run, extending the play, improvising, I mean, he's really showed that off. I mean, in the past, I want to say, you know, three, four games, I mean, he's made a lot of highlight plays. But – not only that, I mean, you know, strong arm. I mean, you can throw at every level of the field. I mean, I just think that the guy just has all the things you're looking for right now if you want to hand the keys over to a guy like, you know, someone like Bryce Young. But obviously the, the concern, the red flags are going to be, you know, the size, right, because it's considered an outlier. So teams are going to look at that, have a concern. But, you know, once you pop on tape, you're just going to see a guy who's the best player on the field. So I think that's where I that's where I kind of sit right now with Bryce Young. Actually, it's funny, Mike, because I originally had Stroud as my number one during the summer, but just with the play these past, you know, last half of the season, I mean, I just think for me at this point, Young's just kind of leapfrog Stroud. But I mean, it's a close one and two. Okay. So Nate, you have Bryce Young number one as well. I do. Anything to add? Yeah. Uh, you know, I, I agree with everything Nick said. You know, I think the off script ability that Bryce young shows is something you can't teach. And that's, you know, I'm not worried about the size at all. I think we got to a point in the NFL where size doesn't matter as much. When we've seen Russell do great things, we've seen Kyler look good. You know, I don't think the size is as big of a deal anymore as it may be used to be. And, you know, he checks all the boxes and that off script ability. Like I said, you can't teach that teams are going to love that. And you know, everything that we've ever heard out of Alabama is he's a great character. He's a great leader of that team. I think teams are going to be enamored with him and, you know, the potential that he has to, you know, not just run an offense, but win games, mm-hmm. win games. And it's not that I don't think the other quarterback at the top here can't do that, but I just think that Bryce young just has, you know, that it factor that, you know, sometimes you just can't, you know, really measure, but he's got it. Right. One thing I will say, you know, when we're talking about size, I don't think it's the height so much him being five eleven. I think it's his frame itself yes. being under 200 pounds. You look at a guy like Russell Wilson coming in at 215 pounds, 
guys like that. You know, they're they're a little bit beefier. Kyler Murphy is a little bit of a beefier guy. Even look at a quarterback like Jalen Hurts, not the tallest guy, but really, really a stocky build, mm-hmm. able to withhand withhand the you know with fuck withstand that punishment. Just so you know, the audio doesn't get edited. If you're listening on audio, you get the full tilt. YouTube get the explicit version. Yes. So for me, it's just not about the height. I understand. Hey, if Doug Flutie could do it, Bryce Young probably can too. I just worry about the hits, not being able to right. see over the offensive line. So well, let's. I'm sorry, Mike. I was going to say, you know, you just kind of hope. I, you know, I haven't really watched a lot of Bryce Young recently, but from what I watched in the summer, I mean, he's. I, to me, I mean, he did show that he's. He, you know, understands that he can't take those big hits. So he'll go down, he'll slide. You know, I think I think coaches just whoever, whatever organization he goes, whatever team he goes to, is going to drill that into him. Hey, like get down, get down. You know, because listen, you're probably going to draft him the number one overall pick, and that's your franchise right there. So, you know, every day they're probably just going to tell him to keep. You know, if he scrambles, just get down, get down, man. Because you know you can't get hurt. You're right, like you said, Mike. I, I do agree as far as the frame part. So I should probably should have specified. Yes, it, it is more about the frame rather than height and weight. Because, like you said, I mean, Drew Brees, a Hall of Fame quarterback, and almost, you know, probably about the same measurables. But it is more about the frame. But you know what? If he ends up filling out like the way Jalen Hurts does, I mean, now look, now look, what you got yourself. So mm-hmm. you know, that, yeah, everything that that Nate had said about Bryce Young like, is just totally spot on. That I agree with. Like, you just can't teach the ability to just improvise and and make plays all script yeah all right so our number two consensus quarterback cj stroud Nate, we're going to start with you on this one we'll just kind of flip-flop it back and forth cj stroud your thoughts yeah i basically have bryce young and cj stroud as 1a and 1b at this quarterback class because i think they're both top prospects i'd be happy taking either one of these guys with the top three pick if i was the nfl franchise i think they both offer a lot of upside you know cj stroud's kind of more of your prototypical quarterback you know Coming in at six foot three, 215 pounds. He's got that big arm. You know, he he looks the part out there. Um, and he can run. We've seen it a bit more this year than we did last year. Um, we always knew he could, but we really haven't seen it. So we, it was nice seeing that he was able to run a bit more. You know, he actually kind of had a bad game, but because he was able to show his running ability against, uh, I believe it was Northwestern, I think it was. There was like 40 mile an hour gusts. It was a rough game, but. He was able to run for 79 yards and look great there. So he'd actually boosted his draft stock despite, you know, only throwing for 76 yards that entire game, 10 of 26 attempts. Um, but he, he just, he's throwing to some great wide receivers. We know that for sure. And that might be used against him, but he's got to get the ball there. He's still threading the needle. He's still, you know, putting them in positions to win. You know, you can argue that they're making him look good just as much as you can argue that he's making them look good. So I think CJ Straub, there's been some good quarterbacks come out of Ohio State recently. I like Justin Fields a lot. C.J. Stroud, um, I'm not sure if I have him quite as high as Justin Fields. I like Justin Fields a lot coming out of college. But he's he's pretty close up there because, you know, he's looked the part and he is running that offense. And he could even get, you know, more hype if Ohio State can go into the playoffs and look look good. All right. Nick, your thoughts on C.J. Stroud? Yes, I actually, I think that's a good point you make, Nate, at the end you know, in terms of college football playoff and maybe potentially leading Ohio State to, to a national championship. I hope not. For the record, I hate Ohio State. Well, they uh, got to beat Michigan first. And this is actually going to come out after they played Michigan. So um, we'll, we'll see. I, I think they're going to beat Michigan, but I, I should be wrong. 
And I hate saying that too. I'm a Penn State fan, but I just really hate Ohio State. Sorry, Nick. Go ahead. No, no, you're right, Mike. I, uh, yeah, I'm with you. I'm, you know, I'm, I grew up as a Penn State fan, so you know, I'm, I'm right there with you. <laughs> we'll but, talk to Sean Clifford then, if you want. Go Terps. Yeah, I was gonna say, but I mean, as far as Stroud goes, like, you know, he, it, Nate's right. Like, it, it's one A. To me, it's one A and one B. I mean, it's probably just a matter of who you prefer. You know, if you're picking one and two in the draft or if you're picking first overall. But, yeah, I mean, if, if he goes in there and, you know, beats Michigan, you know, wins a semifinal game and then wins – and then ends up – Ohio State ends up leading Ohio State in national championship. I mean, it's only it's only going to make that argument between Young and Stroud, one and two, going to Drassie. They're just going to be fun. They're in Drassie, certainly. You know, who would you rather have? But, first, you know, for me, I just think – Stroud, I, I don't really see the way he can improvise and, and make plays off script the way Bryce Young does. You know, I, I think sometimes he's in the he get he gets a little dancing in the pocket, and you know his ability to sense pressure like it, it's it's there, it's good. You know, it, it's what you want to see, but you know sometimes it seems like that he doesn't he's not able to it doesn't come nat- as naturally for him as it does with Bryce Young you know, to improvise and just and th- make those plays off script and, and you know, may, may make some inaccurate throws. And I think teams are, at this point, especially in the NFL, I mean, organizations, I think, really value the ability to make plays, extend plays, and make plays off script, make really good accurate throws off script as well. So, but listen, for me, it's Young and Stroud, 1A, 1B, and then you kind of just fill in, you know, the rest of the quarterback class from there. So I think me and me and Nate certainly agree there on that consensus of one, two. In case you're wondering what CJ stands for, CJ stands for CJ Stroud's full name is Coleridge Bernard Stroud, the fourth. So he's what a Coleridge name. junior, AKA CJ. So what's the, what was the first name? Coleridge. C-R-I-D-G-E. From the one guy a long time ago that says he hates when I look up a player's full name. That was for you. So let's move on. Our number three quarterback, you could tell I was not having any hand in making this list. Will Levis coming in at number three. So um, let's see. Nick, we're going to start with you on this one. Your thoughts on Will Levis. Yeah, Mike. So Will Levis, I mean, look, probably during the summer, this was one, two, three, you know, young Stroud Levis, who would you rather have? But with Levis, with the way his production has really lacked this year and how Ducky's kind of taking a step back, I mean, I, I think team, you know, I think teams are going to see that, and I think it, it it just kind of tells you that he's probably going to need a little more development, you know. I mean, but look, but I mean, the arm strength is there, you know, his ability to make one on one throws and sling it downfield, like all that stuff is great. I mean, size like has a prototypical size. I'm going to see quarterback position, but I just think you know, ball placement is a little little. Well, I shouldn't say a little, but to me, it felt it seemed ball placement was inaccurate. Um, you know, like I said, decision making, I think still needed some development. I think for Levis, I may and Nate, maybe you agree with me. I think it's gonna come down to situation, mm-hmm. you know, where he ends up going. You know, landing spot I think is gonna be big for him. I wrote down here in my notes, I mean, I had Seattle as maybe, you know, maybe one of the better or maybe the perfect landing spot for him. So maybe mm-hmm. think about it. You know, Geno Smith probably played his way to another contract, most likely. You know, with no one would have expected that. So, you know, if you won two years, I mean, Seattle's more than likely going to pick in the top 10 at this point with the way Denver just continued to lose football games. 
So, you know, Seattle really benefits from that trade of Russ. And, you know, I, see, the thing with Levis here is that I think he's – I don't know. People, people might, might disagree, but I think he's almost, you know, a fringe round one pick at this point or is kind of falling towards the back end of round one or even, you know, early day two. But I think for Levis, it's going to be a good senior bowl and, you know, good combine, pro days, all that stuff I think is going to elevate him back up to, you know, a potential top 10 pick and people are really going to, you know, fall in love with Levis the way they did prior to the season, which – that's kind of my theory how I've ended up arriving at this point that, yeah, maybe he does go top 10. If he goes to a place like Seattle, you know, DK's there, what, three-year extension, so he's there mm-hmm. for a while. Kenneth Walker is obviously a stud. You know, so he's got some pieces to work with, and they could be patient with him, especially with the way Geno Smith has played. So, for me, I feel like, you know, that's just, just kind of thinking of different situations with landing spots. That's just kind of what I see right now with Levis. And obviously – that whole this whole thing could change come January and in the draft season. So we'll see what happens. One thing I will say, if people are voicing a concern that he couldn't beat out Sean Clifford at Penn State, I know you're going to hear a lot of that. That was more, in my opinion, James Franklin being loyal to an upperclassman in Sean Clifford and allowing Will Levis to transfer, which I wish would not have happened. But we do have Drew Lar. So, Nate, your thoughts on Will Levis? Yeah, I think Will Levis is a very toolsy player. I think that's what we're going to look at him. And I think the rest of this draft class at quarterback is going to be kind of based around tools and what teams think they can develop. I don't think that Will Levis is a first round pick. I don't think that he has the talent. Like he's not the prospect that I would grade out as a first round pick. Do I think he goes in the first round? I think there's a good chance he goes in the first round. You know, if the Giants decide not to go ahead and re-sign Daniel Jones, I think that's a good fit for him, especially with the ball being there, the former coach of Josh Allen, because like it or not, Will Levis is going to get the Josh Allen comps because, you know, he's a bigger uh, quarterback. He's got the big arm. He can run. And honestly, he has, you know, some of the similar issues that Josh Allen had in you know, his college days and his first couple of years of his career. But the biggest thing for me with Will Levis is, you know, just as a quarterback, you got to be better about keeping the ball. You know, last year threw 24 touchdowns, but turned the ball over 13 interceptions. This year, 17 touchdowns so far, 10 interceptions. You know, you're looking at guys like C.J. Stroud and Bryce Young. They're throwing four interceptions a season, five interceptions a season. And they're playing, you know, against the top, top competition to play in the, you know, the great bowls, the the playoffs. I just want to see Will Levis have better decision making. I don't, you know, his QBR, he's 33rd in this class for QBR this year. You know, while C.J. Stroud's at the top with 90, Will Levis is sitting there with, 67.85 67.85 QBR. That's not what you want to see. You want to see someone doing you know well in college. You want to see someone improving in college. Really, you know, technically quarterback rating wise, Will Levis has had a slightly better season this year than last, but I don't think he's improved at all. I think he's kind of just plateaued and we wanted Will Levis to take that step this year and we really haven't seen him take that step. He hasn't been in the league Kentucky to wins when he's had the chance. You know, he's been limited. He's dealt with some injuries, but overall, he hasn't really impressed the way I think a lot of people were hoping he would if he was going to, you know, secure himself as that first round pick. I think he's still get there. He probably is going to test pretty well. The hype will be there that, you know, he's got the the tools and that someone can develop him. But I think we're kind of looking at a guy that needs a city year for sure, for sure. If he gets once he gets to the NFL, if he's a first round pick, you know, that makes it hard to have someone city year because of the pressure from the media. And, you know, just that draft capital, it's hard to have a guy sit a year. I mean, 
When was the last time we actually had a first round pick city year? I mean, Jordan Love maybe, but that's about it. Mm. I mean, they always get in somehow. I mean, the Steelers this year with Kenny Pickett, they said, you know, the plan was to never start him the entire year. Well, that didn't last very long. You know, as soon as the guy in front of him starts struggling, yeah, you got to put that guy in. So it's just a hard spot for Will Levis. Carson Palmer. Carson Palmer. Mm-hmm. That's a while ago. That's showing my age. That's a bust out. <laughs> Carson Palmer. Yeah. Uh, he, he, he looked good. He came back. He had, a, he, he had a revival. Yeah. You could say, though, that the rest of this quarterback class probably falls under what you just described. Guys that I don't think are going to be able to come in right away and play, at least not at an elite level. So let's move right. on to our number four consensus quarterback, Nate. We're going to start with you. We have Anthony Richardson from the University of Florida. Got to be honest with you, I'm not uh, an AR-15 fan, as he's referred to. Um, I think he's very raw. He is, as Nate likes to describe players, toolsy. Um, But uh, he's extremely raw. But tell me your thoughts on Anthony Richardson. Yep, another toolsy player, like I said. You know, this is a guy that... I honestly think Anthony Richardson has more upside than Will Levis because of his athletic ability. I mean, Will Levis can run. I'm not going to take that away from him. But Anthony Richardson, you know, he has that, you know, next level athleticism that, you know, we don't always see from quarterbacks. And what he's been able to do and show flashes of, you know, is, is truly greatness. But it's just been flashes. It's been very inconsistent. And I mean, at times this year, he's, he's barely looked like a quarterback out there throwing passes. So I'm not doubting the talent at all, but we have not seen him look like a quarterback really, honestly. So I don't think he declares this year. And when it comes down to that, you know, he's coming back for another year. He's going to have to really improve his passing. You know, I don't, I don't want to see him hitting wide open receivers. I mean, any, most quarterbacks should be able to do that. I want to see him thread the needle. I want to see him push the envelope. I want to see him get the ball downfield, make the easy passes. And we just haven't seen that get a week in and week out this year. So until that consistency comes into play, I can't you know grade him out as a first rounder. I think he's a great day two pick right now to take a flyer on and see if you can make something happen. But at this, this moment, the consistency is not there. And at the quarterback level, you know, in the NFL, you need to be consistent. That is one of the, the main factors about being a good quarterback is consistency. He hasn't played a lot of football either. No, no, this is his first year starting. So, you know, I don't want to, you know, pile on the guy. You know, this is his first year starting. You, you know, you can make a great argument. He should have started last year uh, in front of Emory Jones. But this is his first year starting. There's a new offense there from last year, new head coach, everything. So I think, you know, going back for another season could be very helpful for him. I agree. Nick, what are your thoughts here? Yeah, I agree with Nate. I mean, I, I do think that going back for another season will, almost, will certainly benefit him, especially being his first year starting. I mean, obviously, you don't want to discredit the talent. Like I, like I was saying before, guys, I mean, I think Richardson could maybe have the highest ceiling mm-hmm. just from the standpoint of size, strength, you know, arm strength. I mean, he can he can sling the ball 60 yards downfield at the flick of a wrist, you know, and obviously he can make plays with his legs as well. But obviously, you win from the pocket in the NFL, right? And if, if, you, if you can't just sit back there and diagnose defenses, go through your progressions, one, two, three, you know, and make good decisions, you know, then you're really going to struggle to to be a consistent quarterback the next level. And I think Richardson, like I said, I mean, to be fair, though, I do think that he has shown some ability down the stretch here that he is progressing and he is getting better, you know, each game with each game that goes on. So he has a good end of the season. 
great bowl game, you know, but then thinks, you know, but then, you know, goes through the draft process, thinks, and maybe doesn't get the grade that he wants. Totally could see him going back, mm-hmm. which is which probably ends up being uh, a discussion for another day, which only strengthens the 2024 quarterback class, which is really, which is looking like, you know, a very elite class. So, yeah. if he, so if that happens, which is, and that's more than likely to play out at this point, just because, like I said, I mean, like you said, Nate, I mean, first year starting might just not be there yet in terms of his development, but certainly going back, you know, Florida has shown the, maybe building something with Billy Napier to get some talent in there coming in for during the next, next recruiting cycle. I mean, it, it can only help Richardson. Couldn't, it couldn't, it, it would yeah. not hurt him to go back. Yeah. And I mean, he's shown he can put the team on his back, man. He's one of those guys that, you know, no matter what that game looks like, if Anthony Richardson turns it on, you can win that game. doesn't matter who you're playing. If he's right. playing at his top level, he, he can win you a game. Right, because he was the best player on the field at some at yep. point of the season, especially in the first game against Utah. I mean, he, just, yep. he blew up the college football world. So, you know, every, he, he made his made his presence known in that game, and you know, everybody was <laughs> all the hype was surrounding it, Rich, and then you know, Anthony Richardson, and then I just say the season goes on. I mean, that's where he saw that he might just not have been ready ready yet. But like I said, a strong end of the season, carry the momentum in the next year. It can only help him. Okay, so our last consensus top five quarterback we have Hendon Hooker who unfortunately suffered a knee injury he's going to miss the remainder of the season um Hendon Hooker number five Nick we're going to start off with you this is how you and I got talking so Nate and I got started talking on Michael P. Ryan for Nick and I it was Hendon Hooker but what are your thoughts on Hendon Hooker quarterback from Tennessee originally committed to Virginia Tech yes now yeah what originally committed to Virginia Tech transferred to Tennessee played last year um, and then, you know, and then ended up really carrying the momentum from 2021 into this year, Mike. And yes, we were going back and forth. That's how we got started. That's how we got introduced to Hendon Hooker. A polite uh, back and reading. forth. I'll say that. What's that? It was a polite back and forth, though. Not oh, like, absolutely. Yes, of course. Yeah, yeah, man, look, look, it's all fun and games, man. We're just talking yeah. football at the end of the day. So, you know, a little, little back and forth. Obviously, Mike being as, as, as high as he is on Will Levis, you know, certainly I disagreed and, and said, <laughs> yes. <laughs> And, uh, yeah, it ended up, you know, with Hooker, I mean, I just think he, he just put a lot of stuff on tape this year that shows that he has, as for to use Nate's favorite word, the tools, toolsy, you know, to, to just be able to win from the pocket and be able just to, you know, um, really be the best guy on the field. And for Tennessee, he certainly was that. It's unfortunate with his, you know, with his knee injury, torn ACL. I mean, that's really going to hurt the draft process and really just going to, you know, um, push down his draft stock and just, and probably it's probably gonna have a factor where he goes. But, you know, with his, the way he, I guess, led Tennessee for this year and, and the start they had beating Alabama, I mean, and, and going toe to toe with Bryce Young, I mean, that's, you know, scouts are gonna look at that, evaluators, personnel are gonna look at that and see, you know, that this guy has all, all the makings, all the tools he wants, you know, and a quarterback and a guy that you can turn the keys over. Hand your key, hand the keys of the franchise over. So, um, yeah, but with Hooker, I mean, like like I said, I mean, a lot of these quarterbacks feel like they're the same way. I mean, they can they can make plays off script, they can make plays with their legs, but they also have the ability to sit back there uh, and be able just to, you know, go like I said, like I said before, just kind of go through the progressions one, two, three, um, you know, and not really and and really just be able to take care of the football, which I think is the biggest thing. You know, they. One obviously one of the biggest things is not turn the ball over for quarterbacks, and I think 
all these guys, with probably the exception of Anthony Richardson, just because he's still so raw. But you know, any and even Levis. I mean, he's he's you know, like I said, his production is really lacked. But if you could look at if you look at Young, Stroud, and, and Hooker, you know, the way they've been able to take care of the football is huge and and a big factor in you know what you what you kind of hope you're getting when you bring them to the building and and see what you know and hopefully that translates you know into your organization. So. But I, even with that injury, I mean, I just think, I, I, you know, I apologize. I forget who, who may have mentioned before, but, you know, the, the, the drop-off after Stroud and Young, I mean, three, four, five, you probably can really – it's just a toss-up, right? I mean, all depends probably who you prefer. But I left Hooker in here just because the, the, the quarterback class after that, you know, it's like a huge drop-off in talent to me. So I just felt like Hooker had to stay on, on here as a top-five quarterback coming out in 2023 next year. Do you have anything to add to Hendon Hooker? Yeah, I don't have too much. You know, I'm really, I'm really sad that he tore his ACL because, you know, I think that he did have a chance to be a first round pick. I think now he's more of a day two guy. Um, You know, he can't go back for another season. You know, he's already gone through all his eligibility, I do believe. So, but he's a guy that I think can run an offense. He's a guy that takes care of the ball. Like Nick said, um, if he didn't tear his ACL, I might have him miss my quarterback three for this year because I think, you know, teams value guys who can, t- you know, hand- handle the ball and keep the ball. And he is athletic. He does have some, you know, rushing ability as well. So he's, he's a dynamic player. You know, he looks so great this year and he had already kind of broken out last year. So it's not just the kind of like a one year thing. He had a lot going for him, a lot of momentum going for him, him in Tennessee, uh, kind of an unfortunate end to the season. It's going to be interesting to see where he ends up. Can't they go back for like another year? They can gray shirt or something like that. You get like a medical exemption. So you can get a medical red shirt, but I believe that you still can only play so many games. Like if you have like an early season ending injury, not like one at the end of the season. Yeah. It might be the four year or the four game thing. Four games, I believe. Yeah. That's what the usual red shirt is. So, which would be a seventh year for Hendon. My gosh, that's a lot of time in college, man. Yeah. We're about to be, he's about to be the next Brandon Whedon. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's what I thought of. When me and Mike were first going back and forth on Hooker, I said, I wonder if Mike feels this is a Brandon Whedon situation. No, I felt as though Hendon Hooker's far and away more talented than Brandon. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so here's what we're going to do. I put some names on the sheet here. Just some guys. You don't have to talk about them. I'm going to say, I'm going to say their name, say their school, and then you tell me just yes or no if you think these are guys that are worth even looking out for obviously if they get good draft capital in a good position, we're going to have to reevaluate. So it's good to reevaluate your process, your team and how you do things. So let's, let's go. Um, Stetson Bennett from Georgia, Nate. Yes or no? Yes. I think he's drafted. I think it's a day three pick. And I think it's somebody got to keep an eye on Nick. Probably going to get drafted, but I would not keep an eye on him. I'm out on Stetson Bennett. Same. Uh, good shit talker though. South Carolina quarterback, Spencer Rattler, Nick. So this is interesting because that game against Tennessee was his best game he's probably he's had in a long time. And those throws he was making are the throws that you want to see Spencer Rattler make because I think it was prior to last season. I mean, there was talk of him as the 1.01 or even the, you know, top two pick coming out and all this, everything happened with Oklahoma, but you know, it just hasn't gone right for him and something hasn't clicked, but certainly that game against Tennessee clicked. So if that continues, you know, then it becomes yeah. a whole other situation with Rattler. Yeah. But I think he could benefit from another year going back and hopefully get it together. 
Yeah, I think he should go back too. But Nate, if he declares, yes or no? I mean, you got to keep an eye on because Spencer Rattler has got the talent, but I, I don't, I don't believe in Rattler. Talent anymore. for days. Also, yeah. Also, the, I don't like his off-field reputation. Right. But that is a. I feel like a lot of NFL clubs are putting a lot of stock in that. That right? is a concern. Um, from North Carolina State, Nate Devin Leary. I love Devin Leary, man. I like Devin Leary a lot. He actually, uh, he's has he's season ending. Huh? He's he's toolsy. He's not very. He's not very toolsy. Um, he's kind of he's he's pretty limited, honestly, as an NFL quarterback. But I think he's a guy that could stick around as a backup for a while. I think he's kind of a day three guy. Maybe he sneaks into the third round. But I think he's he's kind of like a career backup. But he's mm-hmm. really solid all around. Okay, Nick, I'm with Nate here. Yeah, I, that's that was my take on on Devin Leary. So I I, I agree with Nate. Another guy who's gotten some buzz, Coastal Carolina's Grayson McCall. Nick, do you think there's anything there, or is he just one of those small school guys that looks really good in college and probably going to flame out in the NFL? Right. I would, I would go with the latter, Mike. I, okay. I see this as, you know, just exactly what you said. So I think he's one of those guys who are going to be a hot name. You know, people are going to think is the it, you know, the new, think they've stumbled upon something good, but really he gets in there and you see that you got nothing. So, yeah, I'm with you, Mike, on the grace of a call. Nate, you agree? Plays in the Sun Belt, so that's going against him. But, man, we're talking about a guy who's thrown 21 touchdowns and only one interception. Uh, last year, 27-3. and three. I mean, I don't think there's too much there to, to hold on to, but I'm going to keep an eye on him. You know, I think, it's, I think it's drafted in day three, so, you know, we'll see what happens. We might have the next Bailey Zappi. Who knows? Oh, I, you took the words right out of my mouth. Thanks, yeah, Bailey Zappi. McCall is certainly going to be the Zappi of 2023. McCall's thrown for a lot less yards, though, so – a lot less touchdowns. I'll probably will get drafted maybe late day three. Yep. You know, I think he's probably like a sixth, seventh round kind of guy. I think he has a draftable grade, but I just don't know if there's anything there other than that. Yeah. So apparently this guy sucked at Indiana and is really good at Washington now. Nate, your thoughts on Michael Penix Jr., the definition of toolsy in your mind. <laughs> I'm not a Michael Penix Jr. fan, just throwing it out there. I've seen enough of him in Indiana to know that I'm off of him. Your thoughts? He struggled with injury throughout his career. I think that's kind of held him back because I do think he's tools and I think he offers a lot of upside with his athleticism and big arm. Also being stuck at Indiana and now Washington, not the greatest places for the spotlight. But I'm keeping an eye on him as well. I think he gets drafted day three. Um, He's a guy that some team will probably think they can develop. Nick? Yeah, I agree with with Nate. uh, If Nate didn't mention that, I was going to lead in with that. But yeah, I mean, I think Penix at this point probably has played himself into a you know a late draft pick. Somebody think that they could develop. You know, like I said, I've found a gem there in the late rounds. But everything you said, Mike, I totally agree with. Like, I just you know, I wouldn't bank on it. Right, I would not. I would not bank on it. You know, him and him and DTR, Dorian Thompson, Robinson are going to be the two guys mm-hmm. I can see in this class. Like, <laughs> you know, somebody's going to fall in love with them and think that you know they. Next Jalen Hurts or something. We're gonna right. hear. You know, I mean, not even not even going that high, but like you know, a day three guy who can maybe start a few games or even be a guy that that's that teams will want to. Gardner Minshew, the next Gardner right. Minshew, exactly the next Gardner Minshew. That you know, gets, that so. gets Mike excited. Exactly. Yeah, I, I could just totally see that happening. But yeah, Doran Thompson Robinson is another guy. Just yeah. him and him and Michael Rock or him and Michael Penix. I just have. You know, in that same tier of yeah. draftable grades, but you know, just nothing there other than that. Draftable grades, toolsy, raw, 
Right. Good college That's quarterbacks. It. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> All right. So next guy here, uh, put up a lot of yards, a lot of points at Oklahoma State. Spencer Sanders. Nick, I watched some film. I liked what I saw on Spencer Sanders. I don't know what the NFL is going to think, but uh, yes or no, should we keep our eye open for him? What do you think? Yeah, I mean, I, I think Spencer Sanders is probably a guy you might want to keep an eye on. I mean, out of Penix, Robinson, uh, Thompson Robinson, I mean, he's probably the guy who maybe could be that guy, or, you know, something like a Zappi uh, from last year. So I think Spen- Sanders is certainly a guy who can, you know, can step in and, and maybe win one or two games for you. But, you know, same thing. I mean, we're, these are all day three guys, in my opinion, who, you know, you hopefully have to just get lucky to hit. Nate, you agree with that? Uh, I'm not a big fan of Spencer Sanders at all, to be quite honest. I think, you know, um, he just doesn't have the upside. I think some of these other guys have. All right. The resurgent Bo Nix from Oregon. <laughs> you keeping your eye on him? I mean, oh, yeah. Auburn was a problem, it. not Bo Nix. I actually think he should go back for another year and put another solid year together. But you keeping your eye on this guy? Like, if he gets a deep fourth round, I think right now would be his max. I think there's a chance he gets into day two. I think he could be a That's third insane. rounder once he tests. You're insane. I, I I might be insane. I'm not you saying that he's worth a third round pick. I'm just telling you he might be there. Uh, you know, you never know. I do think fourth round is probably more realistic. Fourth, fifth round. Um, but Bo Nix, man, he has looked incredible. The thing is, he kind of looks the same that he looked at Auburn. It's just the crazy plays he's making are actually working out well rather than leading to interceptions. So that's because he's playing the Pac-12, Nate. Uh, that definitely helps. So that's something you got to keep in mind. Yeah, that's true. Are you going to – you think anything – should we keep our eyes open here for Bo Nix, Nick? Yeah, I'm, I that was the other guy I was thinking of, Penix, Thompson Robinson, and Bo Nix. Like, I, I just – that was you know, the name was – All Pac-12 guys, Nick. Right, exactly. You know, all these Pac-12 guys are going to be guys that people are going to hype up and fall in love with. But, you know, I, I just don't – I'm not there with Bo Nix the way Nate is. You know, I, I just don't see it with him. I mean, like I say, he's he's going to be a hot name going to draft season that people are going to want to hope that, that plays out because they have, you know, stumbled. They they found the gem or they, you know, he's the guy that was a late bloomer, you know, former former guy was hyped up and, you know, had, had all the tools and all the makings of being maybe, a you know, a first-round pick or, then a, you know, a guy who can be a, a, you know, a franchise quarterback at the next level. But – I mean, it just hasn't gone the way you know people were hoping it has, and I, you know, like I said, right now I'm 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 out on Bo Nix. All right, and my next guy here, um, just two more, Jaden Daniels, LSU. I mean, uh, when he transferred, you remember the uh, Arizona players were just or Arizona State players were tearing his locker down and tearing him apart, but he's really put together a nice stretch for LSU. He declares, what do you what do you think? I think he's a little too raw at the moment still. I mean, I think um I'm he can go back for another year. I think he should. And uh, you know, LSE's got a pretty good team. They got some good wide receivers there, so I think he really would be in his best interest to go back for another year. Um, but because I, I don't think at the moment, I don't think he's got, you know, the NFL profile yet. But he does have a lot of talent, that's for sure. We saw it his freshman year. You know, he kind of lost it there for a while, but he's showing it back again with LSU. So if he can come back for another year and really put it together in the SEC, you know, I mean, if he keeps this up for another year and continues to improve, it's you definitely have to keep an eye on him. Yeah, yeah I agree with Nate. I mean, I, I do think going back would probably help him. I mean, LSU, I mean, going to the SEC championship game, 
going to play Georgia next week. I mean, you know, probably I'm sure Brian Kelly probably convinced him to come back. You know, we're building something. We have better talent coming in. So more than likely makes sense for him to go back. I mean, but right now, I you know, I don't see it. I haven't watched a ton of Jaden Daniels, so I don't really give too much of an opinion without actually, you know, having having an opinion on him and, you know, actually giving you my, you know, giving you my thoughts. But from from what I have just kind of, you know, seen just keeping an eye on it, I mean, Jaden Daniels probably one of those guys who maybe more, maybe more so a good college quarterback. Last he, might one, be the, he might be like next year's uh, Michael Penix. Exactly. Okay. <laughs> um, last guy, to me, definition, good college quarterback, not so good in the NFL. Phil, Phil Jerkovic from Boston College. Um, my comp for him when I scouted him last year because I thought he was coming out last year, shitty Matt Ryan. Nick, what are your thoughts on Phil Jerkovic? Your helmet's getting over there, Mike. <laughs> well, he, he looked like, like Matt Ryan. His play style was really similar, but just a lot slower. Which right. is really slow. Yeah, and, just, and really just couldn't. I mean, really just very inaccurate. I mean, ball placement wasn't there. I mean, just just really underachieved and wasn't what you're hoping for. Because I mean, he was a guy in the summertime. You know, he thought Jerkovich might have beat, might have been there, as well as Tyler Van Dyke's another guy who was really just kind of falling off. So, yeah, really just kind of plummeted. Um, but yeah, he's another guy. I mean, I. For me, like I think with the way he is really just taking a step back, yeah. I mean, at this point, I believe he's still. I believe he has an extra year. You know, correct me if I'm wrong, but I mean, he's a guy who probably could certainly benefit to going back. Nate, thoughts? Yeah, I'm out. I'm out on Phil. Um, I like Zay Flowers a lot, but I'm I'm not a big fan of uh, Yurkovic. I wasn't last year when we scouted him because we thought he might be coming out last year's class. I'm still not this year. Um, you know, I just don't think he fits the modern NFL. So he's been in college. This is his fifth year. He's a fifth-year senior. And he transferred. He transferred from uh, Notre, Notre Dame, I believe. He yes. did. So he doesn't have – thank God for Boston College fans. They must be, you know – It's probably not on the page yeah, for Boston College. So Yeah. I, I, mean, I just – I don't see it with him personally. Yeah. Um, he's got good size, though. I feel like he's probably going to be in a camp and he's like a good, right. You'll have an offensive coach. That's like, I can fix him and he'll end up starting a game somewhere and you're going to have to put him in a lineup on one of your fantasy teams. And then you're not going to check it. Cause you're going to go to a pumpkin patch with your family and you're going to leave your phone home and you're come, you're going to come back and you're going to be like, I should have played a running back there. So that's he's what I think about. Player of, you know, of next year. Yeah. <laughs> Pretty much. So the whole purpose of this, and we're going to get to tight ends in a second, is you know a lot of people thought the 2023 quarterback class was the saving grace. It kind of stinks after the first couple prospects, but hey, if you want to get that stink off you, all you got to do is just get yourself some Dr. Squatch. What is Dr. Squatch? Glad you asked. Dr. Squatch develops natural high-performance personal care products like bar soap, deodorant, shampoo, conditioner, and even beard oils. Nick wished he had this stuff when he played offensive line. They only feature manly scents with only the finest ingredients Mother Nature has to offer, all while avoiding the harmful ingredients often used by traditional brands. Guys, it's winter. You're drying out. It's the chemicals in the bar soap and the other soaps they put in. That's what dries you out, man. And, you know, yes, Nate, I know. I get it. Um, <laughs> 
that stuff drives you. I know you got to wash your hands, but still, uh, Dr. Squatch is dedicated to male specific formulations that directly address personal care demands of men like you and me everywhere. Dr. Squatch offers a wide variety of bundles that will cater to your specific needs, as well as a subscription service. So you'll never have to remember to order more before you run out, subscribe and save money today because with Dr. Squatch satisfaction is guaranteed. And if this isn't the best natural product you've ever used, it is on me. So don't drop the soap. Take care of yourself for once and smell great doing it. Try Dr. Squatch today. And if you are new to Dr. Squatch, save 10% off orders of $20 or more on your first purchase when you use the promo code in the link below. Shipping is free on that order too. I believe Sean can verify. Thumbs up. He's not here, but he's going to thumbs up anyway. Let's get to tight ends. Tight ends will be a little quicker because this tight end class, everyone's waiting for Brock Bowers to come out next year. We'll go ahead and say he's related to me. Why not? So let's get into it. Again, we did consensus top five. We will start off the number one consensus tight end. We've been talking about him for a while. Notre Dame zone, Michael Mayer. Nick. Yeah, there's really no brainer here. I mean, no, it's Michael Mayer and then everyone else after that. So don't need to spend a lot of time talking about Mayer. I mean, all I have to do is just plug on, you know, just turn on the tape and, you just see this. You just really just see. You see an NFL special, you, know, you, you really just see the talent. I mean, you really just see the special player that he is. So, really, I feel like don't really need to, to say much more other than yeah, he's he's going to be good. He's going to be a good one. Yeah, when yeah. I I did some scouting, sorry to cut you off, Nate. I was like this guy can start for a team from day one. Yes. Yep. You know, he people are going to doubt has his athleticism, but. You know, just because he's not Kyle Pitts or Vernon Davis or something like that does not mean he's not going to be a good NFL tight end. You know, he's not slow. He's not unathletic at all. You know, he he's he has enough athleticism to fit in the NFL. And his ability to run routes, you know, catch some incredible, you know, outside of his frame catches. You know, he, he just has a good understanding of the position. He's a, what a lot of coaches are going to want um, in this draft. And there's a chance I think he's a first rounder. Um, I'm, I'm not sure if, you know, the tight end position is valuable enough to be a first rounder uh, if you're not Kyle Pitts. But I think uh, Michael Mayer will probably find himself picking the first round this year. All right. So our next one is Dalton Kincaid from Utah. I talked about him on my small school big player on the Patreon a couple of weeks ago. I liked what I saw. But Nate, Dalton Kincaid. Dalton Kincaid is just killing it this year. Um, production wise, you know, Utah had another tight end over there uh brant kuth actually and he was kind of the one that most people were looking at coming into the season but after he had a season ending injury in the beginning of the year dalton kincaid stepped up and stepped up he did because uh 748 yards so far this year 61 reception seven touchdowns and it's not like he had a bad year last year um last year he had 36 receptions 510 yards eight touchdowns and those numbers are actually huge in college football for a tight end you know uh, Utah does use their tight ends a good amount more than their average college football team, but still uh, tight ends don't usually produce big numbers in college football and Kincaid has been, and that's really impressive because against USC, you know, one of the top teams in the nation, he went off for 16 catches, 234 yards and a touchdown. And after that, Mike talked about him because he was, uh, he was smitten with Dalton Kincaid. I think he was always and- open, man. And he's he's his route running is very impressive. He's a little bit smaller than you probably want for a tight end, but he's still six foot four. It's not like he's that small. Yeah. Um, you know, you're just you're just kind of nitpicking at that point. So I think Don Kincaid, you know, he's my tight end too, because I think he's 
you know, a really good receiver and he thinks he's going to be valuable in, in fantasy football. Yeah. Do you have anything to add to Dalton Kincaid, Nick? Uh, no, I agree with, with everything that Nate said. I mean, I, I do think he's going to be very valuable, uh, you know, at the next level and also in fantasy football, your dynasty teams. Um, but like Nate said, I mean, really good athlete too, like an athlete in space. You know, Kincaid, I mean, the difference between him and Mayer and really Mayer with all these guys is the fact that, you know, Mayer, you can just line up in line. You can you can include him as part of your run game. So now instead of five guys in the last scrimmage, you got six and it becomes such an advantage in your run game. But for Kincaid, I mean, you know, you're going to need some development there if you want to use him as that. But really, he's more of an athletic flex tight end. You line him out, line him out wide. I mean, really the mismatch there at the second, you know, for secondary defenders. Um, but like I said, as an athlete in space, I mean, you turn, if, you, if you watch any of Utah, I mean, you see he's the best player on their offense. So, and that's the thing. Like, like if you go back, we go back to a guy like Will Levis, like the steps and the production and the leap that he's taken in this last year compared to where Levis is, like that's what you want to see. And Kincaid has just done that this year. Yeah, there's another guy in Utah, Cam Rising, who a lot of people are high on him. I think yes. he's just a career backup, personally looking at him. Um, so moving on, to- him, Mike, that was a guy you left off. <laughs> no, it was actually KJ Jefferson. I meant to talk about before. I don't know how I just skipped over him, but I don't think he's going to be anything. Um, our number three consensus tight end. We have Tucker Kraft, another guy I talked about from South Dakota state for the record. If you're looking for the next Dallas Goddard, this is not it. <laughs> he's good, but Nick will tell you more about why. Uh, you had him ranked a little bit higher. Actually, you had him ranked. They didn't. Well, there you go. Your thoughts yes. on Craft? I did. I have him as my number two. You know, for him, I think this is probably going to end up being the case for come draft season. Is that if you don't want Mary in round one, you can get Craft in round two, because you know, like he is the same thing as Mayor. I mean, physicality. You know, like you could line him up in line. I mean, he can be included as part of your run game. But just physical, it has a nastiness to him. But you watch him run; I mean, it's smooth, man. Like can stretch the can stretch the field down the seam. I mean, he can run the intermediate intermediate to short area routes. Uh, but really, is also an athlete in space as well. You know, it can just and it's really just a, a total mismatch. You know, great ball, great body control, ball skills. You know, ball adjustment. I mean, everything that you want to see as, as far as and what the NFL is becoming at the tight end position. Tucker Craft, you know, is certainly there. Like I do agree with Mike. Like Mike said, don't he's not Dallas Goddard because Dallas Goddard, I mean, is you know, he's just just a smooth route runner. I mean, the guy is, is obviously, you know, a top top five tight end in this league right now. But don't I don't think Dallas Goddard it, Tucker Craft's more of the physical type where, you know, not as athletic, maybe not as um much of an athlete, but certainly is is big and physical, uh, and that physicality really stands out. Yeah, Nate, do you have? Well, if you don't want to say anything about Tucker Craft because you didn't actually have him ranked, you don't have to. Oh, I have something to say about Tucker Craft. I'm I'm not a big fan of Tucker Tucker Craft. Um, I think he's gonna be a better NFL player than um you know relevant to our dynasty teams or anything like that. I don't think he's very athletic. You know, I think he's decent athlete but you know watching him on film he doesn't have a lot of explosiveness he's not going to give you a lot after the catch i think he catches the ball well he's a great blocker he's a great blocker very physical um he he, he plays through the whistle um, i like that about him teams are going to like that about him but i i'm looking at tucker craft and i think he's going to be like a career tight end two, tight end three on an nfl team i don't think he's going to be something i'm going to be 
um, you know, really trying to stand out and, you know, look for as, you know, a top tight end. But that's just my opinion. Fair enough. Let's move on to uh, number four. We have Darnell Washington from Georgia, I believe, right? I haven't really scouted. Georgia, yep. And this is a guy that I had ranked that Nick did not have ranked. All right, yeah. so this, you know, it's funny. Our, the quarterbacks were all pretty much chalk there between you guys, but tight ends is where we're seeing. So you can see what this tight end class is really going to look like, but Nate, your thoughts on Darnell Washington. Yeah, Darnell Washington, he is very athletic, and he is also huge because he is six foot seven, 265 pounds, and currently he's averaging over 16 yards of reception. He's able to break the seam. He's able to get down the field. And also at being six foot seven and having huge arms, this guy's a red zone threat. So I think he's someone that, you know, a team can use in a variety of ways. He's a great blocker, you know, playing for Georgia, they to run the ball a lot. So he's, you know, out there on the field because he is a good blocker. But then that Georgia offense runs through the tight ends and he is the tight end too behind uh, Brock Bowers right now. So you know that he's performing pretty well because they got some other really good tight ends there in that tight end room. Um, so Darnell Washington, Big guy, athletic, can block, can catch, can be used in a variety of ways down the field in the red zone. I just think he offers a lot. Um, the production isn't at a super high level, but he is sharing the tight end room with some other really good tight ends as I already talked about. And the Georgia offense overall is not going to give you great statistics, let's be That's honest. Um, yeah. But he's a guy that I think is a little toolsy, and uh, teams are going to like that. And he's – I mean, I've seen him in the you know back half of – first round mock drafts. I don't think he's a first rounder um, come April, but I think he's a guy that's definitely going to be day two and teams are going to be excited about. Nick, I know you didn't have him ranked. Do you have anything you want to add to Darnell Washington? You could tell why you didn't believe in him as much. Yes. Well, you know what Nate had mentioned, the fact that uh, most, some mocks have him as a back end round one, which, you know, to me, I just, I just don't see, I, I, I'm just not there. I don't know if I ever will get there. You know, to me, I think I just disagree with Nate in terms of the athleticism standpoint. I mean, to me, I, I kind of see a guy who's more you know heavy or, or, or slow-footed. You know, I didn't really see much of an athlete in space, um, even even stretching the seam down the field. Um, you know, he's not, or, he's not a yak guy. He's not going to give you a right, lot of catch. He's, he's not a yak guy. You know, I, I did see some. I did. You know, I, I just didn't see the soft hands that, that I really like to see the tight end position. Just a natural pass catcher. Um, but I do think that there is a role for him at the next level in terms of a blocker. Like teams are really going to like him, you know, I think they have something to work with, you know, as an extra blocker, uh, maybe a guy that can come in and help, you know, in pass protection as well. Mm-hmm. Um, but in terms of like, you know, a ceiling or somebody that you think you can maybe build your team around, um, I, you know, I think, I think he's probably a, a tight end two or three at the next level, you know, the way where he is now with Georgia you know that that's probably where he's at, but I mean, uh, I hope that I hope the talk does, of him going into like mid first or back end of round one doesn't end up being the case throughout draft season because I think people are really disappointed. So you know, I would just be cautious of that. Yeah, I have I've been graded out as you know a, a day two guy. I, I don't see him being a, a first round pick at all. I also just you know also I, I just like tight ends at two hundred seventy pounds. Like to me, like I just. I, you know, I don't really see that. I don't know maybe how – I don't want to say how good he can be, but, you know, especially like now with the way it's kind of moving and how tight ends, you know, are viewed or what you see from tight ends now, that the prototypical tight end, you know, is more of a guy like Kraft or like Mayer or 6'5", mm-hmm. 250, you know, and just, you know, and just bulked up. So, um, 
but like I said, Washington, people are probably going to like the size, but, you know, more of a guy who's maybe, you know, you, you can add it as part of your run game, but certainly, cause certainly a good blocker right now. I mean, a, a very, a very good blocker, um, you know, really helps Georgia in terms of the running game. That's why it's so good. But it, you know, in terms of, um, projecting to the next level, like I, I just, I'm just not there in terms of like, uh, you know, tight end one or, yeah, like, like we said before, like a you know mid or late the late first round. Yeah, and I think he has a safe floor too because of his red zone ability. That no matter what, because of his blocking red zone ability and his size, you know, at worst he's going to be the tight end two out there blocking on like you know when they got two or three tight ends out there and they're on the five yard line and there's a little play action and look, Darnell Washington's open in the end zone catching it nine feet off the ground over a defender. No, I, I do agree. I, I do think as a red zone target, like yeah. he's going to be used down there in the At red work, zone. he's Kyle Rudolph. Right. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Goal line, you know, goal line, red zone, fourth and one. You need to get a first down. You know, you could run a guy out to the flat, just a mismatch, uh, you know, a mismatch for a linebacker or safety. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, just hope he can make the catch. Right. So, yeah. you know, but I think that's, that's more the role he plays at the next level. That's fair. All right, so for a consensus number five tight end, Nate actually split it up. He has two tight ends here. Um, so I'm just going to go in the five spot. Nate, Nate, you had Luke Musgrave from Oregon State. And, Nick, you had Sam Laporta. So you guys from Iowa, by the way, which watching Iowa is so much fun. Um, so you can each talk about your respective tight end. Nick, Sam Laporta, your thoughts? Yeah, I think there's a lot to like about Laporta. I mean – you know, he's, he's another guy. He kind of, he's kind of in this mold of, you know, a tight end and athlete in space, but not as athletic, I would say, as, uh, you know, like Dalton Kincaid or even Luke Musgrave, who, you know, both guys I think are, are probably the two best, you know, in terms of, you know, athletes at the tight end position. Uh, but Sam Laporta, I mean, I think is a guy who can be sort of volume receiver. I mean, you know, he has the ability. I mean, he can, he can make plays in the open field. Um, you know, really good hands. I mean, you know, it, pretty pretty decent as a blocker. Probably need, still needs some development there. But, you know, I, I watch support and I think, well, you know, I mean, not as good as Hawkson, TJ Hawkson coming out because Iowa's really done a good job at developing tight ends. Tight but, end you. Yeah, exactly. Tight end you, which is, which is you know, what where, pe- you know, what people would say about uh, about the Iowa tight ends at this point coming out. But, yeah, I, I, so I think he's probably just a, a notch below TJ Hawkinson. But, you know, if his ceiling ends up being that, I mean, it, it's a really good, you know, ends up being a really good player at the next level. But uh, it, like, and like you said before, Nate, in terms of size, I mean, six foot four, you know, not very, not very small for the position. I mean, that's, that's the height, probably the average height you want to see. Um, and, you know, and you can line him up as an inline blocker. He has those skills and also, you know, probably a, a bigger blocker along the perimeter. Um, so, that, you know, if you want to run those perimeter plays and just stress feel a little bit, like he can help you do that. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I think Laporta, you know, is a guy that, that yeah, I mean, he can he can be another guy who can really, uh, you know, I think I think I actually think he's a better NFL player than he, than he might be right now, you know, being in Iowa, probably help back a little bit and just in that offense or, you know, in terms of his quarterback, in terms of the quarterback play. But I think he's a guy wherever his landing spot is, man, if it's a good situation, like it's really going to be good for him. All right. And Luke Musgrave, Nate. Yeah, Luke. Luke Musgrave, uh, it's kind of been unfortunate. Uh, he hasn't really played much this season. The first two games of the season, he looked really good. 11 receptions through two games for 169 yards. He's athletic. He's big at six foot six, 250. You know, he gives he all those 
boxes, he checks them. And he can get vertical. He can give you yards after the catch. You know, he does look like an NFL tight end out there for Oregon State in the you know film that we've been able to watch of him. I don't really have, you know, much bad to say about him. I just – he doesn't maybe have some of the upside that I think some of the other guys have, but I think Luke Musgrave is a very solid tight end prospect, and I don't think any team would be unhappy having him on their team. Mm-hmm. I think he's going to be a guy that should be day two. Um, I don't know for sure. You never know what the tight ends. You know, it de- depends on what teams want and how they value the position. Uh, you know, he might be a fourth rounder, but I do think he has the talent to be a day two guy. And, you know, whenever there's a day two skill position player, we got to pay attention to him. And I think Luke Musgrave is a guy that is worth paying attention to so far, as long as he's healthy. Yeah. Got to pay attention to those day two guys. So I do have a couple guys down here that I just wanted to mention that I put on the sheet. And then Nate, I saw you had someone too. Um, Cameron Latu from Alabama. When you watch Bryce Young, Definitely check out Cameron Law too. Um, he's pretty good as well. Jaleel Billingsley, Billingsley, sorry, um, transferred from Alabama to Texas, I believe. I think he's been hurt this season. So, Mike, um, as of today, I believe, Jaleel Billingsley is no longer with the Texas team. And I actually said on our Patreon that I'm taking out of our, I'm taking him out of our Debbie rankings because I'm done with this guy. Um, okay. He was having issues at Alabama with Nick Saban. He wasn't allowed on the field because of some locker room issues, off the field issues, and of transferring to Texas. Those issues, I feel like, have continued because he has not seen the field. And now he's transferring on senior day. Just not a good look. Just where does he go from here? It doesn't really matter to me. Probably a guy that you want to fade. Yeah, I mean, Billingsley's – yeah, that's not a good situation. So, yeah, I I think you just have to, you know, kind of eliminate him from the ranks altogether. Yeah, um, you can edit that out. Um, Payne Durham from Purdue, guy that I like. Oh, I've been talking about him for a while. Solid. He's your next Daniel Bellinger. And then you added Jaheim Bell. I did add Jaheim Bell. Um, Jaheim Bell is a very uh, interesting tight end here. So he's six foot three, uh, 230 pounds. He's kind of more of that move tight end, which we don't always see find a great concrete role in the NFL. Um, you know, sometimes those guys, you know, like a Tommy Tremble almost where we, we see him get used every now and then, but they're not really you know, forcing their way into the offense. But Jaheim Bell has actually been getting a lot of rush yards recently. Uh, well, maybe not a lot of rush yards, but he's getting a lot of opportunity to get rush yards because he just has this athletic ability and South Carolina is trying to get him the ball. Um, so far this year, he has 23 rushes for um, oh, sorry, 64 rushes for 232 yards. I mean, you don't see that out of a tight end. So this is a guy that can play fullback. He's a guy that can play um, halfback. He's a guy that can play tight end, in line, out. Doesn't matter. Um, he's, he's very versatile. So I think this is a guy that we might not be looking at as one of the top guys in the class, but he's versatile enough that teams are going to you know look for that. He'll be a day three pick probably, and he's going to pop up every now and then with some big plays. All right, so he's like the next Connor Haywood. Essentially, oh, he's better better than Connor Hayward. Okay, all right. I mean, Connor Hayward's just a fullback, really. Okay, he's a big, big guy. Jaheim Bell is small, yeah, he's he's small for for tight 6'3, 232. I mean, yeah, yeah, very probably. If there's a you know, like the word you know, they hear so they hear so much that a tweener, like we don't hear a lot of that tight end position, but he's, he's probably a tweener, you know, at that position at tight end, so. Yeah, I don't know where he kind of projects at the next level. Like, what is he? I mean, he's, he's probably too small to be a tight end, but maybe too big to be a fullback. So, you know, we'll, we'll see. But but he's, he's, he'll be an interesting guy, certainly, come draft season. Yep. All right. 
that's going to wrap it up for our 2023 quarterback and tight end preview. Nick, thank you so much for coming and hanging out with us again. You could find him on Twitter at big 26. Sorry. I had to scroll down to the bottom of the page there. So Nick, thank you again for coming and hanging out. Nate, thank you for doing this with us. We appreciate it. Of course. Thanks for right. having me. Yes. Thanks for having me guys. It was a pleasure. So be back again soon. Of course, we had a good time. So before we go, let's just talk to you guys. Hey, if you're ready for best ball pickums or rivals, use your promo code rewind on underdog fantasy and get a 100% match on your first deposit up to $100. Using that code is another way to get your team audited as well. Keep that in mind. If you're added to a game, Nick might be at some point. And if he does, he can go to SeatGeek.com and use the promo code Dynasty Rewind to get $20 off his first ticket purchase. Hope to see you there and have that first stadium beer on us with your savings. And for the, I'm sorry, we want you to be the best part. I can't even talk right now. We want you to be part of the best community of fantasy football. Become a rewinder today and get access to rankings, bonus pods, written content, and so much more. Now offering a 10% discount on yearly membership. It's like you get a month for free. So for our guest, Nate, sorry, for our guest, Nick, my co-host, Nate, and myself, your host, Michael Bauer. Until next time, be kind, please rewind. Thanks for listening.